And now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines and simple keywords with Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena. Happy Tuesday. Happy Still hot. Tuesday. <laughs> Still hot. Um, expect that for the remainder of the week, perhaps even the month. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's going to be uh, very wet as well and yep. very windy. So, yeah, we have to be on our guard and uh, be safe, I guess. So even more reason uh, with this typhoon to stay indoors. Apparently so. So let's start out with uh, so concerning weather updates. Uh, consider this a precautionary sort of advisory uh, to stay indoors and stay safe. This is our first key word of the day. Racing for Typhoon. So Typhoon Kanoon is forecast to land on Korea's southeastern coast on Thursday, and officials are on high alert and working to minimize damage. What's the latest and what's been prepared? Right. Uh, the Central Disaster and Safety Countermeasures Headquarters, it has raised its disaster readiness alert level up a notch to level two uh, as of 6 p.m. The government explained that they decided to actually skip level one and directly activate level two because it's certain that this typhoon uh, will directly impact uh, pretty much the entire country. Uh, now, Interior Minister Lee Sang-min said the government will focus on preventing casualties by restricting uh, access to areas prone to disasters, such as uh, mountains and uh, riversides. Um, he added that authorities plan to preemptively evacuate residents in high-risk areas to prevent casualties as well. And he will convene a meeting this morning to review the measures taken by relevant agencies and make sure that they all are all, uh, up to par. Now, the typhoon may be packing uh, strong winds that have a maximum wind speed between um, 33 metres per second and 44 metres per second. That's a level that is actually strong enough uh, to derail a running train. So that just goes to show the kind of the scope uh, of the winds that we could be facing. Now, the southeast coast is expected to see strong winds of around 40 um, meters per second as well. So that could result in some risks for uh, landslides mm. and some tide uh, uh, tsunamis as well. But uh, we haven't had a tsunami warning yet. Uh, but of course, uh, the forecast is subject to change because the trajectory of this uh, typhoon has been quite volatile, right. so it's a bit hard to predict, but it's always best to uh, prepare for the worst. Uh, regions across South Korea will also experience strong winds and rains under um, the, uh, the typhoon through Thursday. Uh, between Wednesday and Thursday, Kangwon province may also see rains of up to 400 uh, millimeters uh, of rain and, of course, uh, heavy rain across all other regions, but not quite as much uh, as the eastern uh, areas. Okay, uh, staying on the topic, the embattled uh, jamboree is also subject to be affected by the typhoon. This is our second keyword of the day. Making landfall. So due to Typhoon Canoon, participants of the World Scout Jamboree are leaving their campsite and heading to Seoul and the metropolitan area. That's thousands of teens uh, being dispersed to different locations. What's the latest? Yeah, uh, tens of thousands, actually, right. of uh, these uh, young scouts uh, are being evacuated. Uh, this jamboree is certainly... <laughs> Uh, has a, has had a, a bit of a bad time uh, when it was in uh, Temangum. Mm. Yeah, hot temperatures were the first problem. Uh, this heat wave, a lot of uh, injuries and uh, illnesses related to that. That actually forced thousands of British and American scouts to leave the site uh, before. Now, Korea's government and major companies uh, threw all available resources at the travel campsite to salvage the event from the heat wave. But in the event, but in the end, uh, the approaching typhoon. 
uh, is dealing a kind of a final blow uh, mm. to the venue. And uh, now both the government and organisers had already pledged that their priority uh, is safety. So they are evacuating all the participants and basically moving the venue from uh, Semangum to basically the capital area. Uh, according to the government, scout members from various countries are scheduled to leave their campsite sequentially from 10 a.m. Um, today, but all, uh, some evacuations have already started beginning yesterday. Uh, the total number of participants is about 36,000 from 156 countries. Over 1,000 buses will be mobilized for the evacuation. Um, it is expected to be completed by around 4 p.m. Uh, now, after leaving the Semangum Jamboree campsite, the scout members will relocate to accommodations in the metropolitan area to continue uh, their scheduled activities. It doesn't mean that the Jamboree is completely uh, over, just, just a change of venue, if you will, and mm. probably a scaled-down event. Um, President Yoon also ordered the operation of an emergency response team to carry out a contingency plan for the Jamboree in, as part of those efforts. Now, the emergency team also plans to help provide accommodations and alternative programs in the capital area and elsewhere. There's already been plans for uh, some tourism uh, events and cultural events as well that have been set up as a kind of uh, alleviate the particip uh, participants from the heat wave and the same applies here for the storm as well now the uh, k-pop concert that mm. was originally scheduled to be held on friday at the chonju world cup stadium is now being considered uh, for relocation to Seoul's Sangam World Cup Stadium. So uh, an even bigger venue than before. <laughs> uh, and of course, that might cause a lot of traffic in that Sangam area um, <laughs> as well. So if you are traveling in that area, uh, heads up there. Mm. Uh, now, companies are also continuing their support for the Jamboree by conducting uh, factory tours as part of their uh, programs as well. So a lot more alternatives from the uh, events that were lined up at Temangum. Uh, but uh, yeah, this Jamboree certainly isn't getting a break from all the weather um, variables that have been happening lately. I know there is sort of a com internal conversations about where we fell short, but maybe that's an afterthought. First, we need to focus on having that safe Jamboree and ensuring, well, until the end, everyone is kept safe and there's some fun in between. It, it is a massive no. event, right? And it seemed that most of the scouts, you know, joining uh, here in Korea, they just seem like they're ready to have fun. And so, you know, that saying yeah. it's not over until it's over. Well, Let's see it through. <laughs> yeah, there's been a lot of controversy surrounding right. this Jamboree, other than the weather as well. There's of some course. controversy over the funds. Uh, being How it was allocated. and Yeah, being used for the committee operation instead of, you know, the infrastructure for the actual site as right, well, right. especially in light of all these weather uh, conditions as well. But uh, that's another uh, topic altogether. But uh, yeah, mm. it is bracing for the typhoon. So uh, mm. yeah, so it's going to be relocated uh, and scaled down. Hey, maybe it could... It could it could have some positive effect. It is the capital city anyway. There is a lot to right. enjoy if... Yeah. <laughs> fingers crossed, because really, like yeah. you said, the Jamboree has not been able to catch a break. All right, let's mm. move on to our weather-related third keyword of the day. How is it? It's expected. I mean, last year around the same time, we probably had the same conversation. Now, amid the ongoing heat wave this year, Korea's power demand has reached the highest level seen in any summer. So we outdid ourselves compared to last year. We have ACs on full blast. This is the consequence. Yeah. Tell us more. Yeah, that's because I think uh, every year, all summers, uh, every summer is going to get hotter and hotter by the year as well. Just uh, all this 
uh, talk of climate change as well. And uh, certainly that means that uh, the demand for air conditioning just goes up as well. And the power exchange, uh, Korea Power Exchange, reported that the maximum power demand as of 5 p.m. yesterday was 93.615 gigawatts. And it surpassed last year's uh, July 7th record of 92.990 gigawatts, making it the highest uh, for any summer mm. season. Uh, the level of demand slightly exceeds the initial projected maximum power demand of 92.9 gigawatts by the government. Now, during the peak hours of power demand, uh, the supply capacity reached 104.3 gigawatts with a rever- uh, reserve margin of 11.4%, indicating there is a stable level of backup power as well. So nothing to be concerned uh, of at the moment. Now, the KPE uh, forecasts that the high power demand will continue uh, until tomorrow, due to the impact of Typhoon Kanoon as well, that which means that a lot more people will be staying indoors, hence the use of more air conditioners. Uh, however, after the typhoon, the power demand is expected to gradually decrease. Um, in, prepa- in preparation for possible unexpected surges in power demand due to the storm or potential power generation facility failures, the KPE says it has prepared contingency reserve uh, resources as well. All right, and we turn to the economy section for our fourth keyword of the day. Signs of rebound. So the Korea Development Institute predicts that the Korean economy will bounce back slightly. Uh, this is kind of a stark contrast to a conversation I had with Professor Yang yesterday. Tell us the details. <laughs> there are different forecasts. <laughs> yeah, the key word here is slightly. And another uh, kind of caveat is all this uh, economic data report should be taken with a grain of salt because we've had uh, years long or many years of uh, kind of bad news when it comes to the economy and we've had some (laughs) news reports uh, although they have been far and few between saying that maybe the economy will improve only to have it (laughs) not turn out to be true in the end which is a bit unfortunate and uh, I think the same advice goes uh, for this report but uh, the state-run think tank the KDI says the Korea's uh, economic slowdown appears to be Gradually moderating, in their words, this comes as the weak chip sector has started to improve, a key export item for the country. The semiconductor export volume index went down by 1.3% in April compared to the previous year, but it rebounded to an 8.1% increase in May and a significant 21.6% increase in June. So it's certainly picking up. Uh, The semiconductor production decline rates also decreased from minus uh, 18.7% in May to minus 15.9% in June. And shipments and inventories also improved too. So basically more chips are being made. Uh, In July, exports decreased by 16.5% compared to a year ago, expanding the decline from the previous month. But KDI believes this is due to temporary factors. Uh, Domestic consumption showed a gradual increase with service industry production rising by 3.5% half percent in June on year and retail sales also recovered by 1.4 percent in the same period as well. Uh, Employment increased by uh, 330,000 in June on year continuing the trend of surpassing 300,000 for the second consecutive Mm. month. Uh, However the KDI pointed out that there are risks due to uh, recent increases in oil and commodity prices something that we touched upon uh, yesterday as well as delays in China's economic recovery. Uh, They mentioned concerns about rising grain prices due to geopolitical factors, Mm. as well as the weather conditions as well. Of course, we are facing 
um, bracing for this typhoon, which certainly will impact some uh, agricultural products as well. So we may see some prices of some crops uh, and uh, raw ingredients go up as well. But I must add that, I mean, in KDI's prediction seems pretty modest. Uh, slowdown appears to be gradually moderating. They're essentially quite careful with those words. I mean, we were sort of banking on, uh, uh, I suppose, bounce back of the Chinese economy that didn't happen as predicted. Just take it with a grain of salt in the sense that it's a prediction after all. Mm-hmm. And I have to correct myself. Uh, we pre-recorded our conversation with Professor Yang yesterday, and for some reason, <laughs> did you just uh, yes, give a yes. Um, so stay tuned, folks. In our second hour, uh, a con- maybe geez. a lover conversation. <laughs> and now onto our final keyword of the day: water release dates. So Japanese news outlets are reporting that Tokyo is preparing to start releasing treated wastewater from Fukushima into the sea as early as late August. So after that trilateral summit with the three leaders of the United States, South Korea and Japan, what's the latest, Adam? Yeah, so according to the reports, just a few weeks uh, left until the actual release happens. Uh, Yomiuri, for example, reports that Prime Minister Fumio Kishida will meet with cabinet members and decide on a specific timing to discharge the water uh, after returning from uh, this trilateral summit uh, with the US and South Korea. Uh, during the US visit, Kishida is expected to again explain the water discharge plan to President Yoon, hoping this will be relayed to the South Korean public to alleviate their concerns. Um, Seoul says the timing of the release is Tokyo's decision and not really up for discussion. So they're basically putting the ball in Japan's court. Now, the Asahi Shinbun reported that Kushida will also meet with representatives from the nation's uh, Fisheries Association ahead of the release. Uh, Reports also suggest that Japan could delay the start of the release until after explaining the plan to Chinese leaders on the sidelines of an ASEAN summit in Indonesia and a G20 summit in uh, India as well, both scheduled uh, for early September. So the date could be either late August or early September for the release date. Um, China has introduced blanket radiation testing on Japanese seafood in an apparent bid to put pressure on Tokyo over the discharge Mm. plan, hence why the leader is uh, probably planning to kind of uh, persuade the Chinese uh, leaders of the plan as well to try and get a timing of the release uh, set in motion. So a few weeks time basically is the kind of foreseen and forecasted timeline for the actual release. Thank you so much, Adam, for today's coverage. Stay safe and we'll see you tomorrow. You too. Stay safe. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.